it's the Winning Ticket Podcast, where victory is guaranteed. That's right, everyone. Welcome back to the Winning Ticket Podcast. You heard the intro. Victory is guaranteed here. Uh, we've got a special little bonus episode for you. Um, if anyone listened to last week, I am fresh off of a 12-day vacation because I am handsome and wealthy, so I was um, relaxing. Was stuck at sea for a little bit, but that's a, <laughs> another story for another time, probably this week's episode of the XFL. Um, we have very special bonus audio from our great contributor, our good friend, Joe, He's actually going to go into his power rankings for the XFL and kind of give some reasons why. So without further ado, here it is. Hi guys, Joe here. We are going to be doing a power rankings episode for week four for the XFL. So there are only eight teams, so this shouldn't be too long. There should be a nice little quick listen before we get into the week five action. Uh, Most likely tomorrow, possibly Wednesday morning. I am recording here. Uh, Monday afternoon. So without further ado, let's get started. So for number eight, I have the LA Wildcats. Previously, they were number five. So this is the largest downgrade or upgrade I've had for any team in the XFL. So they were one and two last week. Uh, Now they are one and three. Played pretty poorly. Um, You know, I'd like to not downgrade them three spots, but this is kind of more of of a play based off of the five, six, and seven teams. Um, not everyone can be tied for fifth. So naturally I have to have someone eighth. The reason why I have them eighth is I don't really know their identity and I don't know their injury situation right now. I'm not sure if Spruce is going to be healthy. Um, he wasn't really healthy last week. Uh, didn't really get the ball much. And then this week he was officially out. So, uh, and then their running back situation, they've been banged up. They had to have Carter come in and do some work and he dominated against, uh, a defender's team that was in a really, really tough spot. So it's pretty weird for for the Wildcats to be ranked uh, fifth last week after bludgeoning the defenders. But you got to remember, we were fading the defenders big time. That was not a very impressive win for me. Um, So the the Wildcats might have been like a a fake uh, week number five in week three. So I'm going to be putting the Wildcats at eight for number four. Not sure what we're doing offensively. Their defense still isn't that impressive. And then number seven was their opponent this past week. That would be the Guardians. So I'm going to go with the Guardians at seven. Again, they're trending in the right direction. Uh, I would love to see them move up with Perez now at quarterback. But the truth is, I don't know what they're going to do with McGloin. I I, I don't know if he's he's hurt and if he's going to come back. And I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, I think they should absolutely keep Perez in. He looked poised. They still can't stretch the field. So that's why they're seven. Uh, Their defense is supposed to be good. But I don't really know. Uh, what to take away from from last week because like I mentioned they were at home and the Wildcats were traveling all across the country to uh, to the east coast so not a very impressive win there the Guardians stay exactly where uh, I think they are they're number seven I, I can't really get into this team any more than the number seven however number six that is the Tampa Bay Vipers so they moved up two spots so right now it reads eight seven six Wildcats Guardians Vipers. The reason why I moved the Vipers up two spots is so last week they changed the uh, the play calling and uh, they did pretty well. You know, uh, put up I think it was like 27 against the Roughnecks. Showed up a little bit. Um, I wasn't sure how much of that scoring was Roughnecks D being slightly below average or 
um, just the game kind of getting out of hand. So then, uh, you know, of course, the, the Roughnecks might give up a late touchdown or two. Um, but anyway, I, I put them at six because it seems like this offense is now a little bit more for real. Uh, I'm kind of intrigued why they got rid of Flowers. Could you imagine this run game now having two over 100-yard rushers and then you add Flowers to the mix? I mean, we could see he could be a, a weirder Taysom Hill kind of guy for the Vipers. Uh, I think they really dropped the ball on that one. The reason why they're six and not higher is because uh, the D.C. Defenders, um, that's actually not my number five team. I'll get to them in a second. But th- they played the D.C. Defenders, and they kind of bludgeoned them. And I don't really know what to expect uh, from the Defenders now. They, they're, <laughs> they're going all across the country, started off hot. Um, however, this podcast faded the Defenders correctly. Our only loss this week was buying the Defenders. So when I'm on the wrong side, that bad it's one thing to just pick the wrong side and you know you just chalk it up all right we'll we'll keep going we'll do some more research and get back at it but for me to be 25 points off at least for for the defenders vipers I don't know something is I'm trying not to overreact I know some people um, some public and even a couple of sharp people have them like fourth now and I just can't do that I don't know if this offense is sustainable people it's it's classic recency bias they see Cornelius and they see him uh, succeed and they see the run game succeed last week However, the week prior and the week prior before that and then before that, they're they're trying to run everybody out of town. So that's why the Vipers are number six. And I don't mean to spend too much time on the bottom three uh, teams in this league. But, you know, that's very important in the power rankings. It's not just who's first and who's second. It's uh, It's got to be all across the board, six, seven, eight, all that good stuff. So number five, as I teased earlier, is going to be the defenders. I kind of gave away the reasons as well. Um, they were number three for me in week two and week three even though they lost, and now they're down to week five. So the reason why I always pump the brakes here on power rankings is because I don't want to overreact. That's what you see every public book do. That's what you see every public uh, podcast do, honestly. they had the uh, Most of them had the defenders number one uh, in week two. I didn't. I had them number three. They lost, and now people freak out, and they put them at three, where I had them, and then they lose again, and now they don't know what to do with them. So now they look like clowns having the defenders the best team in the league, when meanwhile – the winning ticket podcast has had the Roughnecks and the Battlehawks first and second every single week. Okay, so the defenders are number five. It's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back. Kind of a, a Guardians from week three situation where uh, there's turmoil in the locker room. Everyone's kind of blaming each other. It was a really ugly loss. I think they had three 12 men on the field penalties, uh, possibly even four, to be honest. I, I, I counted three, but I saw some were four, but I, I only remember three. But uh, regardless, that's bad coaching. That's bad emotions that's everything that you don't want and what's crazy is this team is still number five if they lose again we got to look at a six and seven but I think their offense still has you know some playmakers and Cardell Jones I'm still a halfway buyer in him which is why he's he's number five because this team is right around the league average they can they can do well sometimes they cannot do well sometimes so number four <clears throat> number four is going to be the Dragons now some of you may be a little shocked I had the Dragons at sixth last week so uh, this this one's tough. B.J. Daniels, he got the uh, the second half push, and he should be starting for the week after. Uh, the only way that Jim Zorn can get the win next week is if he is if Daniel starts. Well, let's be honest. I mean, the way that Jim Zorn was calling the plays when Daniels came in, a lot of cool stuff. He he had one where it was an RPO to the left, and he started to run, and then the safety and the corner bit for like two steps. And then he just lobbed it over like a little uh, go route from the X. 
And it was just beautiful. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that a mobile quarterback can do, especially in this league, because it's like college 2.0. So, yeah, defenders number – or sorry, the Dragons number four, they showed a lot of good stuff. And it's really cool because the Dragons I had at number seven in week two. Week three I had them at six. And then finally, after losing by a touchdown to the Battlehawks, played, played pretty well, I moved them up two spots. So I think that that's pretty cool. Now, number three here is probably my favorite um, – play of next week. Lines didn't even come out yet, but I'll let you know right now, this is probably going to be a sharp play, is the Renegades. They turned the ball over four times. Honestly, they they really should have – I was nervous. I, I was a roughneck's backer last week. They should have either won or they should have came close. They should have at least maybe pushed it to OT. Not sure who was watching, if you guys were uh, able to see the last play or the last possession for the Renegades. Well, first off, Landry Jones got hurt. That could have been addition by subtraction, to be honest, because he had three turn or uh, three picks and then a fumble for a touchdown. So there was a defensive touchdown to go against the Renegades. Normally, those are a little bit high variance. It kind of bounced right into the Roughnecks defender's hands. So the guy who got the strip sack actually picked it up and scored. It was a lucky bounce. I mean, it was a great play. But uh, maybe some, maybe Landry Jones kind of makes them a little bit worse than we thought. So him going out, I don't know. It, it, to the fan base, it looks like their season's over. But I'm keeping the Renegades. I actually moved them up one spot because of how good they did against the Roughnecks. Um, and uh, I, sorry, I actually, it's incredible. I interrupted myself with my own story, but let me get back to that story about the last possession for the Dallas Renegades. It was a wide receiver screen at like the three and the guy bobbled it. This is the, the backup quarterback who came in, mind you, the guy bobbled it, tosses it into the defender's hand. It made me want to scream and, and yell, but luckily I had the roughnecks. I was high fiving and fist pumping. So Renegades are going to be number three. Uh, they have an interesting schedule going forward as well. Speaking of interesting schedules, first time in power rankings history, I have a 1A and a 1B. That is right. I have the Battlehawks at 1B, and I have the Roughnecks at 1A. I felt weird doing a, a first and second here because I think these teams are so similar. I think the Battlehawks might beat them head-to-head, -head, but the Roughnecks are just a more dynamic offensive team. They can stretch the field a little bit better. Jordan Tamu, if he plays – like he did last week, and that's more of him instead of the week two and week half of week three, Jordan Tamu that we saw. This team is winning it all, and it's very cool because first and second, uh, the first and second teams in the power rings, I have uh, championship tickets out on them. So no matter what, worst case scenario, if they face each other, because they're in opposite divisions, if they face each other, I'm looking at minimum plus two and a half units. So it could be a really big payday, but um. Look, for the Battlehawks, their home field is fantastic. Their defense played a little bit better. Um, I'd like to see them play some tougher competition. They played the Roughnecks close, and we know that the Roughnecks have been kind of mashing people. So for you to play the Roughnecks close, uh, that's a good sign. So, yeah, Roughnecks number one. They beat the Renegades. I mean, honestly, it was kind of a fake win. Not going to lie to you. I, I wasn't on the wrong side for that one, but four turnovers in your favor and uh, and then a defensive touchdown – I don't know, man, and you only win by seven, that just doesn't do it for me. If you have 14 possessions in a game and the other team – or sorry, if you if you both have 10 possessions in a game, take away four, you now have 14 and the other team has six, and you still can't get anything done? I don't know, guys. So Roughnecks are 1A, Battlehawks are 1B, Renegades are third, followed by the Dragons, Defenders, Vipers, Guardians, and Wildcats. That closes it out for the week four power rankings. Let me know what you think. Um, we won't probably see too many adjustments here for week five because we're just as sharp as it gets. 
Nothing gets by us. Obviously, that's why you guys are listening. You know that. Shout out to our buddies over at In the Red Zone, Mike and Sean. They uh, actually put out an episode earlier, uh, I think it was last night or maybe even this morning. I checked it out. They are great dudes. Uh, We always come to them first. Uh, I already listened to it when I was supposed to be doing uh, work over at my job. You know know how that is. So uh, look, stay tuned. Episode is probably coming out tomorrow for week five. And uh, as always, let's chalk up those wins, baby. Great stuff from Joe, as always. Um, I really enjoyed listening to it. He, Joe really has been um, following the XFL very closely. He's watched every single snap of every single game so far. Fortunately, I've had um, a lot of travel in my uh, personal life, so I haven't really been keeping up with it so much. So I'm actually going to be doing a crash course on watching some film and crunching the numbers for this week's episode, which will probably be sometime around Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, any, anywhere in that little um, area. I just wanted to react to a couple things that Joe had said. First of all, love his list. Of course, we're a bunch of sharps. Um, you know, I have the same top three teams that he has. My only disagreements are going to be in the bottom three, where I actually have the Guardians above um, the Vipers, only because they actually beat them head to, head to head at in Giant Stadium, of course. And that's something that I kind of I'm not very strict when it comes to power rankings. I kind of do a little bit more finger in the wind. Whereas you just heard Joe has um, he really updates and keeps this list um, pretty ironclad. So it's going to be interesting to kind of um, jockey back and forth with him on this week's episode, kind of talking about some things. Um, guys, once again, Joe said it perfectly. Um, in the red zone, definitely want to check them out. I'm going to have the link in the bio. So, of course, um, follow us on social media at Winning TIX Pod on Twitter. We're popping off a, a little bit lately, um, having a lot of fun interacting with some of you fans, as well as on Instagram at the Winning Ticket Pod. Uh, sorry that they're different. Actually, I'm going to talk to the Stat Boys about kind of fixing that. And of course, um, if you are interested in our Slack channel, we are um, cooking up some really good things. We have a, a lot of great contributors. Uh, we're getting really excited, getting ready for March Madness. So now is the the perfect time to take advantage of that free month. You're going to get our bracket. You're going to get um, all of our breakdown of all 68 teams in the, uh, the tournament, as well as some conference tournament plays. So um, definitely don't want to miss that. Of course, you can reach out to us via Twitter at WinningTIXPod. Um, so that kind of covers all the housekeeping things. And until we record the, our full episode this week, um, have a good one and continue to win. And I'm going to bring it back from the dead. It's only a gambling problem if you lose.